Okay, here we are back with part two of our little show here as we're live, December 17th, 2019, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. On the third Tuesday of each month, we're honored to have Dr. Ray Pete, a PhD, University of Oregon. His specialization in physiology started his work on hormones in 68, 1968. That's the year I started in radio, Dr. Pete. We started together. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, his dissertation is 72, where he is on hormones, and he's been working in this field ever since. He's taught university level, and he writes uh, so many different articles. His website's very popular, and he does a little newsletter we'll tell you about. And uh, Dr. Ray Pete is up in, uh, you're in uh, you're in Washington, right, Doc? Oregon. Oh, you're in Oregon, in Oregon. You're near Portlandia? Uh, no, uh, Eugene. Eugene, is that uh, more towards the coast, or are you more uh, eastern? About 60 miles from the coast and 100 miles south of Portland. Ah, uh-huh. Now, do you get have nice weather? Like, what, what, what are your winters like up there? Oh, uh, some snow. We've uh, had uh, up to four feet of snow, but some winters, no snow at all. Uh-huh, yeah. And how are you doing? How's your life? Oh, very good. Uh-huh. Weather's cold right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you do quite a bit of research, uh, ongoing, right? And, and you paint as well. Um, yep. Yeah. You doing any particular research uh, right now? At, uh, um, uh, yeah, the last few weeks I've been uh, particularly interested in why the lifespan is decreasing, life expectancy is decreasing now in the U.S., and the government is finally admitting it, uh, and uh, that uh, on top of the uh, rapid increase in autoimmune disease, degenerative disease, uh, and uh, uh, cancer rate and mortality increasing in younger people, uh, I, I've been uh, uh, looking for explanations mm-hmm. uh, for that. Mm-hmm. So the autoimmune thing, uh, when did that really start? Was it about 15, 20, or 15 years ago? People used to start talking about the autoimmune. Uh, 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 yeah, 50 years ago it was pretty rare. Yeah. Is the basic principle that we've heard over the years that there's, let's see if I understand what, what I've heard about it and Tell me if we're if this is close. Where the body gets like an infection, a virus, a bacteria, or a fungus, and the body is trying to get after that, the immune system, and it actually attacks its own tissues. Is that the classic? Uh, that's the classic uh, standard story. Is that correct? I don't think so. Oh, good. See, I didn't think uh, so. <laughs> for example, uh, studies in in animals. Uh, trying to duplicate uh, that process. Uh, They give them a viral infection of the brain that increases uh, the antibodies, just like in uh, multiple sclerosis and the other human uh, diseases. Mm -hmm. And they find that if they prevent those so-called autoantibodies, if they block the cells that produce those uh, autoantibodies, the, the animal dies, uh, the, the uh, uh, autoantibodies are actually there repairing tissues. 
uh, and uh, I've seen this in people with very high uh, autothyroid antibodies. Uh, uh, that's a pretty common thing now uh, to have uh, chronic inflammation of the thyroid gland with high antibodies. But uh, the just very high thyroid-stimulating hormone uh, causes inflammation of the gland, mm -hmm. and the immune system is uh, attempting to clean up uh, the way it does in the uh, virus infection of the brain in, in animals. Uh -huh. the, the immune system needs those antibodies as part of a, a tissue cleanup process. Uh, and actually, our immune system, if you go way back to the... Uh, uh, Nobel Prizes uh, in uh, immunity with Ehrlich and uh, 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 Metchnikoff, who shared the uh, Nobel Prize, I think it was 1908 or 10. Mm -hmm. uh, Ehrlich worked for the chemical uh, drug industry and uh, created the uh, antibody uh, theory of immunity. Um, Metchnikoff was an embryologist, and he saw the immune system as a process of uh, maintaining the structure of the body, uh, removing damaged tissues uh, so that the body uh, remained uh, entire and, and healthy. Mm -hmm. And you can see that process happening in in the thyroid or uh, if you uh, uh, just injure a cartilage, for example, uh, your body will produce uh, autoimmune antibodies, but it's a process of removing damaged tissue so that the cartilage will, will be restored. So, so the body's doing what it's supposed to do. This is the body's way of protecting the thyroid or cleaning it up after this high TSH level causes inflammation? Yeah, preservation and restoration. Preservation and restoration. But now, as I understand it, they'll do an antibody test for thyroid, and if they see the antibodies, they don't, they, you know, whoever, you know, the, even, the, even the natural community, they're treating the antibody thyroid issue differently, Right. If it's if it's autoimmune thyroid, they call it, then they're they're, uh, yeah. they're treating they're, it differently. But they're, they're, you're saying they're they're incorrect. Uh, there are some really terrible drugs that they put people on chronically to basically suppress or or kill the cells that are are creating those antibodies. Huh. Um, but uh, now, for about fifty years, uh, it's been very clear, uh, especially with animal research, that estrogen is an extremely powerful factor in uh, disrupting the immune system, creating inflammation. Mm -hmm. Women have several times uh, the incidence of autoimmune diseases, uh, five or possibly even ten times as much uh, thyroid inflammatory disease as, as men. And that's because estrogen is uh, suppressing uh, the restorative part of the immune system uh, and uh, a activating the in inflammatory part. So what's going on now, if you go to a natural naturopath or anybody or a natural doc, 
or even a regular conventional doc, and they give you the whole thyroid panel. Lots of them, if they're a little bit more educated, they'll want to do an antibodies to see if it's an, an autoimmune issue, right? So you're saying the research really shows that that's what the body's supposed to do, and you would just leave that alone if you were giving medical advice, which you don't do? Um, no. <laughs> Over the last uh, 40 years, I guess, I've seen uh, probably 20 or 30 uh, women with that condition. Mm-hmm. Probably much, much more than that. But uh, if the, their doctor will give them a full replacement dose of thyroid hormone, uh, glandular thyroid, over a period of five or six months, those antibodies fade away. They fade away. That would be a, a, a nature or what is, what's the correct term now? Is it nature thyroid or uh, just where it's got everything, the T4s, the T3s uh-huh. and everything? Uh, desiccated, desiccated thyroid. Desiccated thyroid. thyroid. Yeah. That's a traditional. Or thyroid USP was the standard term. Uh-huh. Uh, in just the last few weeks, I've run across two women who, during their pregnancy, uh, went to the doctor just for a checkup. And, and uh, against their uh, uh, preference, they were given a vaccination, uh, one of the the compound mm-hmm. multiple vaccines. Mm. And uh, almost immediately, uh, their blood pressure went up, their blood sugar went up. They were diagnosed as having preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. Uh, and uh, uh, both of them, the first one uh, was sure the, the vaccination had brought it on. Uh, and uh, so she kept uh, alert, watching what was happen, happening. Uh, she developed uh, rheumatoid arthritis symptoms, uh, went back for thorough exams, and found she had the lupus typical antibodies. So she was diagnosed with SLE lupus, and uh, they wanted to put her on the uh, uh, immune system uh, killing drugs. Hmm. But she was, by that time, very skeptical about their judgment. Uh, And so she started taking uh, thyroid and progesterone and changing her diet. Uh, And the arthritis faded away, the lupus antibodies faded away. Uh, I, I think in probably any case of autoimmune uh, antibodies, if you remove the the problem, the sources of inflammation, uh, the antibodies after about six or eight months will fade away. Mm. So this autoimmune model, th- this it's always creating uh, antibodies to try to repair the particular organ, whether it be pancreas or stomach or anything with H. pylori, and you can see H. pylori antibodies, the body's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, uh, yeah, the antibody is like uh, some people have described it as uh, butter on the food you're going to eat. Oh. It makes it more appetizing for the white blood cells to eat whatever the antibody sticks to. So sometimes it's a germ but very often it's it's the uh, broken down tissue, uh, one's own 
tissue that's damaged has to be cleaned up and removed. Is there any case in the literature, the research showing where the immune system is actually um, harming the body or attacking the body like we've been told that arthritis is where the immune system is attacking the joints and the knees and such? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, there, there are hundreds and hundreds of papers uh, supposedly demonstrating that uh, by experiments, but there are also hundreds of examples of, of those people who almost overnight, in a few cases, uh, literally overnight recovered from those so-called autoimmune diseases. Because the body took care of the, of the, of the uh, infection that was the uh, original cause? Uh, or the hormone deficiency that was uh, leading to the uh, inflammation instead of just a quiet cleanup process. Mm, kind of lost you there. Um, oh, uh, if, if your body doesn't, if the white blood cells are uh, slightly poisoned by a bad diet yeah. and your thyroid hormone uh, doesn't provide the energy, uh, then uh, there tends to be uh, quite a bit of lactic acid in circulation, uh, maybe only 50% above am- average, but that's enough to uh, start the inflammation process. Uh, and so just by increasing the energy production, you lower the lactic acid and, and reduce the, the the basis of the inflammation. And w- with the lactic acid removed, <clears throat> Uh, then the uh, ox- <coughs> oxidative <coughs> metabolism can can get going, energize the process of cleanup. Hmm. And w- what are some of the causes of the high lactic acid? Um, uh, probably the, the basic general cause is uh, anything that shifts you over to uh, having free fatty acids circulating in your blood, uh, any kind of stress that uh, uh, r- r- runs into a limitation of energy capacity mm-hmm. uh, will break down uh, the fatty acids in your tissues, uh, put them into your bloodstream <clears throat> as a source of energy, uh, which can keep the organism running for weeks, uh, eating its own tissues, hmm. uh, but uh, when the fatty acids are, are being uh, circulated, they block the ability uh, to oxidize glucose. Uh, and when you aren't oxidizing glucose, you aren't producing as much lactic acid, and uh, you aren't producing as much uh, uh, carbon dioxide and, and carbonic acid. Uh, and that lack of carbonic acid inside the cell <clears throat> allows <clears throat> allows the cell to shift over uh, to the production of lactic acid. Uh, the, the healthy cell is oxidizing uh, glucose, which produces a lot more carbon dioxide than oxidizing fat does. Uh, and that higher carbon dioxide uh, suppresses uh, the process of glycolysis and, and making lactic acid. Hmm, that was a little, little geeky for me, complicated. But uh, so in more simple terms of dietary 
things. Um, what do we do unknowingly to increase this lactic acid or to improve it with um, the foods? You, you need all of the trace minerals mm-hmm. and essential vitamins and adequate protein. And then, uh, ideally, you would get uh, all of your energy from carbohydrates, uh, sugar or starches, and not have to rely on uh, burning fat because uh, stress turns on the fat burning and uh, that turns on uh, almost always uh, some background uh, lactic acid formation. Oh, there goes the old keto thing. I mean, that, isn't that the whole pitch on ke- ketosis where you're burning fat? Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, for example, the, uh, when, when the brain is given uh, ketones, or yeah. uh, especially the, the short or middle medium chain triglycerides, um, uh, when, when you are making a, an argument uh, by uh, uh, doing a particular uh, set of experiments, uh, you, you take a, a frame of reference and uh, you can seem to have made your point uh, uh, within a certain context. But, uh, for example, uh, if, if you're advocating the uh, the ketone-based uh, brain uh, energy, uh, you uh, shift your argument over to make lactic acid uh, a virtue rather than a, a, oh. a menace. Uh, and uh, the medium chain triglycerides, for example, uh, are oxidized by the uh, astrocytes, the connective tissue of the brain. Uh, it causes them to produce a lot of lactic acid. And so if you see lactic acid as a virtue for energy, uh, then that seems to support the fat uh, diet. Oh, it's kind of with many things on planet Earth, whether it is, uh, I don't know, just all kinds of things, why it's not legal to pay taxes or something. It, you, it, when you cherry-pick information and bring out to prove your point, you can prove your point, but you're not saying looking at the whole thing. It's a more reductionist way of looking at it. Um, uh, yeah, hmm. uh, narrowing the frame. Uh, if you can control the frame, uh, the, the universe of, of reference of, of your discussion, uh, the, the frame will determine the outcome. But if you look at uh, a broader uh, picture, uh, for example, uh, uh, a lot of uh, disagreement currently is uh, on the meaning of lactic acid, mm-hmm. and, and there is a whole uh, uh, line line of publication going on uh, saying that lactic acid is the greatest stuff in the world. Really? It, it feeds the brain and makes you athletic and so on. But but really, it, it's the the background shift towards lactic acid metabolism is the essence of stress, inflammation, and degeneration. Uh, and so it's really key when you're looking at the lactic acid production and with the muscle of the heart, for example, too, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. It's a big uh, deal, yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, there should be uh, a regular uh, test of lactic acid content in, in the blood. You could uh, see oncoming heart disease and cancer yes. uh, much earlier. And so the big producers of lactic acid, stress, uh, too much... And fat, too, too much fat in your diet. Too much so fat, even even that good old grass-fed, whatever, animal fat? Too uh, much, yeah, too, too, too much, much of that. Butter, too? Too much butter? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you could eat so much butter that uh, it can have that effect, even though it's good fat. It's pretty good. So... How is butter different from, say, um, oh, I don't fish, know. Fish oil, for example. Yeah, well, fish oil, yeah. That, well, that's it, 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 it's the most extreme. Uh, when you eat butter, uh, the the highly saturated fat, stearic acid, for example, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, it uh, has an anti-inflammatory effect in most tissues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, doesn't it has an antioxidant action because it is so stable? Uh, fish oil uh, and uh, safflower oil, uh, soy oil, mm-hmm. uh, have so much uh, highly unsaturated uh, fat that they are spontaneously uh, oxidizing uh, e- even before it reaches your bloodstream. Wow! Uh, uh, fish fat they oxidize. Is, Oxidizing, and it's the uh, oxidized uh, fat molecules in the case of fish oil that will temporarily produce an anti-inflammatory effect by, by poisoning your immune system. What, what about if you were using, getting fat from, say, I don't know, uh, well-tended pigs or something, and that that other kind of saturated fat? Yeah, if the is that okay? Ate, if the pigs are all healthy and cool. Yeah, if if they were eating uh, good stuff, whey, whey and and apples, for example, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, their their fat would be uh, just like butter. Interesting. We have a farmers market here in Dripping Springs, and they have these big pictures, and these these folks have these pigs on a vegetarian diet, and they must know something about what you've just said. Um, I yeah, hmm. in in uh, Mexico, lots of pigs. Are fed basically a That's fruit. Right. Yeah. Um, Very uh, interesting. Um, so, but did I hear you say that that more the sugar energy from more of the sugars and the carbs are preferable? Is it preferable actually over over meat in well, general? I, I, well, meat should provide uh, the protein, which is essential. Okay. And and lots of the vitamins and minerals, but meat has a very high content of phosphate uh, and almost no uh, uh, calcium in proportion. Right. Uh, and phosphate uh, imitates uh, the stress condition. When, when you're under stress and break down ATP, uh, you liberate phosphate, which activates tissue uh, and is part of the muscle contraction and excitation. But if you uh, don't eat enough calcium in proportion, uh, you uh, uh, start having an average condition of overexcitation. So you and could do too much, uh, let's say, say too much meat and no, not enough dark greens with calcium or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the cooked greens hmm. are the richest source of calcium, and so 
uh, cows eat mostly greens uh, when they can, uh, and so the milk is a very good source of magnesium and calcium from the greens Mm -hmm. they eat. People wonder why, like you, you drink milk and uh, um, other folks are drinking good, good milk, that the calcium doesn't end up in the wrong spot, like in the arteries. Um, uh, yeah, it's the phosphate excess that pushes the, uh, the calcium into your arteries and out of the bones. And uh, that's very closely related to the, the problem of, of inflammation, degeneration, and immune failure. Um, uh, the phosphate out of proportion triggers your parathyroid gland hmm. uh, and the parathyroid hormone uh, specializes in uh, moving calcium out of your bones, uh, bringing it into the blood to balance the phosphate. But uh, the parathyroid hormone uh, does that uh, uh, mobilizes calcium out of the bone by blocking oxidative metabolism, creating local uh, lactic acid production, which breaks down the bone. And uh, that happens anywhere in the body that is exposed to parathyroid hormone. So it's one of the emergency hormones, which is, if, if it's turned on chronically by eating a high phosphate intake, uh, that becomes a a chronic block to your energy production, shifts you to the uh, generalized lactic acid formation. And in your soft tissues, that dominance of uh, lactic acid in the presence of of phosphate uh, de-energizes the tissue and, and allows the formation uh, starting right in your mitochondria, the calcium phosphate crystals uh, form as the, the mitochondrion dies, <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the uh, lactic acid uh, f- production has shifted the uh, pH of the cell so that the uh, the crystal uh, calcium phosphate uh, is insoluble uh, as long as you're producing lactic acid. Uh, under the influence of parathyroid hormone, uh, the uh, calcium crystals become insoluble in your soft tissues, uh, but are, are broken down, t- taking uh, the calcium out of your bone. And what would be the metric on a blood test to connect up a high parathyroid hormone circulating in the body to cause this issue? Would it be a high TSH level? Uh, yeah, that and, and uh, aldosterone is part of it. Uh, the angiotensin system is a big part of it. Uh, they all go with parathyroid hormone, but the common blood test, uh, the, the most often uh, identified uh, feature is a low vitamin D content in the blood oh. because <clears throat> vitamin D uh, helps to uh, shift the ratio <clears throat> in your body uh, towards calcium away from phosphate uh, and the vitamin D or a high calcium intake uh, turns off the parathyroid hormone. Uh, Which and, is good, right? Which is good. Uh, to yeah. Turn. yeah. Uh, and so eating lots of calcium surprises a lot of people will prevent uh, 
calcification of the soft tissue. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the vitamin D is it the same as taking a vitamin D supplement or being out in the sun. Better to be in the sun. The sun, uh, and eventually, when uh, your tissues have assimilated the calcium and vitamin D, you actually become resistant to the sun because it's the, uh, the de-energized tissues uh, uh, liberating fatty acids and such that, that make you sunburn and age your skin in the sun. Uh, in rabbit experiments many years ago, uh, they fed uh, one batch of rabbits corn oil Hmm. Uh, the other, uh, some more uh, saturated fat, and they shaved them and exposed them to sunlight. Uh, the uh, rabbits that ate the good diet uh, didn't get wrinkly skin or sunburn. Uh, the ones on the corn oil diet uh, got prematurely aged skin. Very interesting. Dr. Ray Pete is with us. We have lots of emails we're going to get to. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Um, I got an email from somebody and they were trying to make the argument that sugar, um, that, that you don't seem to be too concerned about. I mean, you, um, let's see how they're saying this. It's a long email. I just tried to, uh, condense it a bit just to put up their argument forward and see what you think. Where, um, a high, let's see, with sugar, the HGH level goes down, so that ages the body. The insulin level goes up with sugar, so that lowers HGH. The cortisol goes up, which uh, causes aging. Sugar raises insulin too much, the glycation. Uh, so making the argument that insulin in the system is um, causing aging in the body. Uh, well, lower, lowering human growth hormone is one of the great advantages of of carbohydrate, uh, sugar or starch. And that's good? Um, yeah, because the uh, growth hormone is one of the uh, stress-related hormones. It rises when your blood sugar is low uh, and uh, liberates free fatty acids uh, tending uh, towards diabetes. Hmm. Uh, it, it, <clears throat> if you uh, give an excess uh, of growth hormone, it, it has uh, imitates most of the degenerative features of diabetes. So, hmm. uh, and animals that spontaneously lack the growth hormone live about twice as long as the ones with the normal growth hormone. So, high high age high HGH levels are not pro youthing at all; they're just the opposite. Pro aging, pro diabetes. Wow, man! How can uh, uh, how, uh, experimenters have have removed uh, animals' pituitary glands and, and replaced uh, the? Uh, I think they they gave cortisol in moderation and thyroid hormone, uh, but didn't replace growth hormone or luteinizing hormone hmm. or uh, ACTH. Uh, supposedly essential, uh, and the animals lived twice as long uh, or, or more, uh, just like the ones who, uh, by mutation, naturally lack the growth hormone. This classic uh, meme called, what is it, metabolic syndrome, where 
if you eat too many carbs and insulin levels, and then that uh, can cause inflammation in the arteries. Yeah, that's basically caused by eating too much fat. Not enough. Eating, eating too much fat. Not enough carbohydrate. Not, not, not enough. So it's the, so the metabolic syndrome model is, is incorrect in your opinion, the research. Uh, you, you can create it very quickly by uh, especially polyunsaturated fat. Yeah, the PUFAs. Yeah. Yeah. But when you say eating too much fat, even all the good fats or just the bad fats, just the, the, uh, well, fish, the fish oils butter, and those kind of things? Butter and coconut oil, for example, have about 3% of the bad fats, but the PUFA. And so even though the, the stearic and palmitic acids are in some way, they can be protective, but chronically you're going to accumulate and store these PUFA because you preferentially oxidize the saturated fats. They're safer, don't destroy the mitochondria right. as quickly. So you store and build these PUFA into your tissues. If you look at a newborn calf or baby, the brain of either is almost perfectly free of polyunsaturated fats. But in the human, very quickly, uh, by by the time they're ten or twelve uh, years old, uh, the brain is already showing a high accumulation of PUFA, and the metabolism, meanwhile, is slowing drastically. And after the age of of twelve, uh, up until uh, about twenty, when the growth slows down or stops, uh, the, the tissues are loading up more more and more uh, with PUFA. And after the age of 20, when there's no uh, dilution by growth, uh, the concentration uh, of PUFA increases steadily for the rest of your life uh, because uh, they are preferentially stored and built into your tissues, including your brain tissue, rather than being oxidized. And, And they tie up the uh, cholesterol, which is synthesized in the brain as part of a normal brain physiology, but the PUFA bound to the cholesterol makes it insoluble. And so it's, it's like ashes or clickers uh, building up in your brain throughout the lifespan, uh, primarily because of the accumulation of unmetabolized uh, PUFA. And and what are some of the more popular and prolific PUFAs out there that that we would know? Fish oil. Fish oil. Uh, 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 safflower and uh, cottonseed and corn and soy oil, oil. Soy oil. Um, uh, yeah. That kind of uh, all, stuff. All of the things which make good paint and varnish. <laughs> paint and varnish, yeah. So, um, so when you say bad fats, you're really returning... Uh, referring to PUFAs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, man. So, here's one for you. Um, quite interested in Ray Pete's uh, uh, consumption of milk, and it seems, and I've been trying, it says Dolly, she's in Seattle up near you, she, I just can't seem to drink even raw grass-fed milk, uh, and not get constipated. 
does that mean that I just don't need this, or could some could something else be going on? Uh, um, the, what the cow eats shows up in the milk. Uh, uh, okay. A mother who is breastfeeding uh, uh, often will. Uh, eat peanuts or tomatoes or something and find that the baby gets diarrhea right. and rashes. It's the same with the cows. If the cow is fed something, uh, could be weeds in the pasture, Ooh. something that you're sensitive to, uh, then it will cause inflammation just like the baby that gets diarrhea. Wow. So how... Man, so you would... How would you do that? Would you just have to try to find a source that doesn't make you constipate? Uh, yeah, I, I've known people who tried five or six different brands. Uh, sometimes they will settle on on something which isn't really uh, very tasty. Uh, 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 Ultra pasteurized milk, uh, basically cooked until it's sterile. <laughs> <laughs> just they cook the life out of it but do you still get the same similar uh, benefits though uh, yeah lots of people find that they, they can tolerate that without constipation or diarrhea or asthma symptoms so even so when they say grass fed cows and say you rely on the source you don't really know where they've been I mean they could be eating something a patch of something that can yeah, make the, you constipate it there, there is one <laughs> famous organic milk source uh, I've heard half a dozen other people had the same reaction. Uh, I tried it several times and got sick each time. Several people have have told me the same experience with that that organic company. But I, I've tried three or four other uh, organic milks. Uh, one of them tasted especially awful, and I looked up where their farm was, uh, organic certified, but it was downwind from a, a very stinky, horrible factory. Oh, good. And the air the cows were breathing, uh, possibly something was settling on the grass that uh, they didn't detect in their organic certification. But I think probably just cows breathing that stinky air were contaminating the milk. My goodness. Oh, so you can... You can you, it's easy to see, then, how so many people have different different experiences with milk. Uh, yeah, I, I think the good taste of the milk should be the, the most reliable guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the one I use most often is uh, Safeway's uh, uh, Lucerne milk. Mm-hmm. Here's an email for you. Considering that one, that one was following Dr. Pete's information and living a healthy as possible, according to some of his research and information, how long does he think one is expected to live a healthy life? Also, how much damage can be undone if living unhealthy for, say, several decades? Is there damage that is irreversible, such as if one starts late in life with decades of healthy, unhealthy living? Does this affect their lifespan if they begin living more healthy? That's a great question. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, just taking the uh, PUFA into account, uh, your blood vessels and your brain, for example, uh, deteriorate in proportion to the amount of the uh, uh, polyunsaturated esters of cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Uh, those become hard to 
uh, excrete and uh, build up and inactivate the, the cells. But uh, I've looked for things that can shift the balance uh, towards de-esterification uh, to uh, help to the system to break down and, and liberate the, the free cholesterol from the polyunsaturated fat. And estrogen uh, makes the balance worse, and progesterone uh, tends to help the balance. Uh, and uh, I don't know of any uh, prolonged experiments in, in which they've uh, tried to reverse an animal's uh, aged uh, brain by uh, hmm. uh, giving them a high high balance of progesterone. <clears throat> but you can see improvement in many of the tissues, uh, possibly because of the anti-inflammatory effects of the progesterone. But but I think uh, pro- prolonged uh, dominance of progesterone tends to reverse uh, those uh, brain and blood vessel changes. Mm-hmm. So, but to our points about the about the body repairing over over time, the body will repair. Bad, oh, yeah. bad activity? Yeah, yeah, that's part of the function of the immune system. That's what it does. Uh, is to, is to um, uh, break down the, the damaged tissue uh, and uh, let new cells form. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any theories, or if you had to pick a number, if you want a game show, about what, uh, what lifespan uh, humans these days, I know you're studying now how the lifespan is going down, how long we should be able to hang around and be healthy. Uh, the, the official uh, view, uh, uh, since uh, the authorities uh, themselves aren't likely to live <laughs> more than 70 or 80 years, they won't accept evidence of anyone outliving them, basically. So uh, <laughs> uh, since uh, the, the French woman, uh, uh, I forget her, uh, Jeanette, yeah. Uh, lived, lived to be 122, and she was on TV uh, reminiscing about meeting uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, <laughs> people now accept 122 as as the maximum. Uh-huh. But uh, over over my lifetime, I've uh, uh, seen uh, examples uh, like uh, when I was in Florida, a local newspaper uh, reported on a man who had been picking oranges since uh, he, he was a, a middle-aged man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on Social Security in the 1930s. And so according to uh, the documentation, at that time he was 135. But uh, uh, the story just didn't get under the uh, general wire services. And uh, when I was in high school, uh, a lot of newspapers reported uh, a little tiny guy from Peru who, according to uh, the best documentation, uh, church records were very well kept. He was 184 uh, when he came to the United States. <laughs> and uh, in England, in the 1800s, there was old Parr who... Uh, uh, just just a, a regular old guy living in the country, but uh, he had remarried when he was around 100 and outlived, uh, I guess, two or three wives. But his documentation 
uh, showed him to be, I think it was 152. Huh. Uh, he, he was uh, taken to visit the king, uh, had had some fine dining, which he wasn't accustomed to, and, and died. And so they had the chance to autopsy him. Yeah. And uh, the best uh, physician in England at the time uh, did a thorough autopsy and couldn't find any cause of death, nothing wrong with any of his tissues. My goodness. If if you uh, just hypothetically had to move to an island and you could only take oh, three or four foods with you because you had nothing on this island, this is just a fantasy movie that is not going to happen. But just for fun, I wanted to ask you, what, what foods would you take with you if you only say take three foods? Dr. Pete, you can only have three foods. What would you take? Cheese, tortillas, and oranges. <laughs> I like it. That's a good cheese, turkeys, and oranges. Really? Uh, yeah, you have cheese tacos and, and orange juice. Turkeys are fairly neutral food for some reason that people tend to do fairly well on, and we don't eat all that much, do we? Turkey. Uh, which turkey? Turkey. Turkey? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it, like uh, chicken, they tend to feed them. Lots of grains, mm-hmm. and so their their fat is very unsaturated. Uh, so, uh, I, I think if you eat the, the leanest parts, like the breast meat, uh, uh, that's pretty good food. But when you say unsaturated, I, saturated is the best, right? Because that's that's uh, more yeah. stable, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't even know what turkeys eat on the wild. We have turkeys out here where I live. Live and oh, if they're, they're what wild turkeys. Yeah. If, if they're wild turkeys, they're probably eating lots of bugs and worms. That's so what it would be better. Same way with the chickens, right? If you can yeah. get some real chickens that are hanging out all day, that's where the best eggs, the best eggs are. Uh, uh, yeah, I had a friend who um, uh, every day chopped up the, the leavings, leftovers from uh, the, the kitchen, uh, lots of tortillas and yeah. uh, uh chopped up vegetables and such, and uh, the eggs were very good. Yeah. yeah. Cynthia wants to know if Dr. E- Pete ever eats bread. Has you Have you ever been married? Do you have any children? If so, do they follow your work? So a little, you don't have to answer that second part if you don't want to. Uh, yeah. For the first no. one, do you eat bread at all? Uh, no to all of them. No to all of them. Just no to all of them. <laughs> why not Why not bread? Um, oh, I... I uh, Forty-five years ago, uh, I like to like to make bread. Yeah, uh, uh, I would soak it uh, uh, about twelve hours, uh, keeping the flour wet so that the enzymes would break it down. It doesn't have to be literally sourdough, but the long uh, soaking period yeah. uh, increases the protein and decreases, or practically eliminates the gluten. And I, I found that that was uh, very digestible, very tasty. Uh, I could eat a loaf of bread at bedtime and sleep very well, hmm. uh, or a slice of, of regular bread would uh, disturb my sleep. Because of the gluten? Because of the gluten, I, do you think? I, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever asked you, what do you, we probably have and I just don't recall, but what do you make of all this gluten sensitivity? And, you know, you have whole aisles now um, dedicated to gluten-free this and gluten-free that at the store. Does 
Does the literature show exactly why this is going on, research? Do we know? Um, uh, yeah, gluten has a, a string of uh, amino acids with the same pattern uh, that uh, uh, estrogen uh, activates in, in the intestine. Uh, and hmm. uh, like, like estrogen, it, it can activate inflammation just by that uh, pattern that the immune system recognizes, uh, sort of a, a signal of stress. Gluten can do that. Mm-hmm. But why have people eaten bread like through history? I mean, bread... Oh, uh, through history, they would uh, do it in the traditional way of, of letting it soak uh-huh. uh, uh, hours, hours and hours. Or uh, in uh, much of Asia and uh, uh, the Western Hemisphere, uh, they used ashes. They would oh, uh, yes. add ashes to their uh, uh, mush, to the dough, and the ash uh, uh, alkali activates uh, uh, chemical processes that uh, actually increase the niacin value but decrease the tryptophan, uh, making it uh, chemically uh, uh, much much more nutritious and safe uh, non-inflammatory food so when, uh, when we compare uh, uh, you know things that happened long ago of old diets and all that we have to k- take into consideration exactly what they were doing to the food like I think the ashes and the corn and the tortillas in Mexico you talked about uh, yeah yeah same idea mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but you can do it with wheat or where, or any grain mm-hmm. I was interested in the link that Dr. Pete made between hypoglycemia and lactic acid from a previous show. I've had some issues with hypoglycemia and relieved with diet changes, but now I've been diagnosed with HCM and AFib that are exacerbated by lactic and buildup. Is there a link between hypoglycemia and cardiovascular disease? Uh, uh, yeah, the, when, when you're uh, oxidative apparatus when the mitochondria are damaged, usually by fat, uh, but other toxins can do it, uh, you tend to produce uh, lactic acid instead of carbon dioxide. And that is many times less efficient than oxidizing uh, the the sugar. Uh, And so you're uh, producing uh, lactic acid and consuming sugar at a high rate uh, but uh, not getting the energetic benefit from it. Mm. Uh, and uh, to to get the maximum energy, uh, you use sugar at an extremely high rate uh, and uh, just have trouble keeping your, your blood sugar steady. Okay. Dr. Ray Pete, stay right there, sir, please, if you will. We're going to take a little break here. Uh, this, these guys are on sale right now, 50% off, I think, for a few more days. All the living streams, 50, hello, 50%. Dr. Richard Ulrey, authority on minerals, talks about gut bacteria, making the vitamins, and absorbing the minerals, how it all works. We need vitamins from our gut bacteria so we can absorb minerals, and then minerals provide a resonant frequency. And those minerals carry these frequencies into the body, 
and multiple minerals will give you a frequency that allows all of our proteins to have individual distinct frequencies, giving that three-dimensional structure. This is where Wayne's products, Living Stream, and that's the only primary products I carry. When you do a stool test and it says you don't have any bifobacteria, well, if you don't have any bifobacteria, you're not going to absorb certain minerals. If you don't have any lactobacillus, you're not going to absorb certain minerals. Here's an idea of a couple of the living streams you can take for what we're talking about here. The bifido, living streams multi-blend, and the living minerals. So you get in the minerals, the bifido, and the lactobacillus. And these special probiotics and minerals are all in human DNA form, and they are living alive. In our store on OneRadioNetwork.com. Starving for vitality, we're turning to energy drinks, stimulants, and pharmaceuticals to try to improve our focus, increase our metabolism, rescue our sex drive, and adapt to the stresses of modern-day living. Each year, an elk sheds its impressive antlers, regenerating an even larger set the following year. These velvet antlers have been a revered traditional medicine for thousands of years. Elk antler harnesses the adaptogenic and highly regenerative growth factors from this natural and ethical resource into a concentrated, bioavailable extraction. Its revitalizing effects span bone, muscle, and nerve support, improve metabolism, cellular repair, sexual potency, anti-inflammation, vascular strengthening, and hormone production. Humanely harvested from free-range U.S. elk, extracted in organic alcohol, and protected in mirror on glass, our elk antler is available in three strengths to restore your vitality at any level. Elk Velvet Antler is just one of the many products that Sir Thrival has for you. Uh, really a fine, fine organization, Daniel Vitalis. We've been working with Daniel forever, and uh, they've been having little things on sale. It's hard to even keep up with some of the things on sale. We like the digestive bitters, the vitamin K2 um, and the D. It's called the Daylight Vitamin D K2, uh, Shaga, Rishi, Pine Pollen, Elk Velvet Antler, uh, Colostrum. Then they also have some new CBD products, the uh, um, the thing out of, you know, the hemp. So check it out. Any Sir Thrival link, oneradionetwork.com. I think we have two more days of sale on this product. Previously with Dr. Rulin Chu about her product called Pearlseum. So let's talk about the teeth first. Explain to me what's going on because there's something magical when you dip your little toothbrush in water. Why do they look so sparkly and just, I don't know, something very energetically about the, the look of them. Yeah, it's uh, very, very magical. So like a group of scientists in uh, France discovered that when you put the pearl next to the bones or uh, skins or other connective tissues, and they find it stimulates new growth of the bones and skins and connective tissues, and also uh, to make existing bones and the skins uh, more healthy and stronger. So brush your teeth with the pearl, then your teeth will make your existing teeth stronger and also it will fitting up, you know, teeth with the porcium and the pearl powder will stimulate the new bone growth and also make the existing teeth very strong. 
It's really a great product. You'll love it. Take it internally or on your teeth, and you can click an order. See the ad right there, Pearlseum, the nice green container, Pearlseum, on OneRadioNetwork.com. We're talking with uh, Dr. Uh, yeah, and, and excuse me, 15% off right now, promo code One Radio for Pearlseum. It's just real pearl. I think it's calcium carbonate if you break it down. Kind of think so. Real pearl that they uh, break down without... Uh, messing up the cellular matrix. So it's, 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 it, it doesn't, it's going to go where it needs to go. Uh, calcium and also a lot of other herbs, proteins and other minerals in this product. So it, it, it's a good one. Dr. Ray Pete is with us on the, uh, third Tuesday of the month. And we thank you for coming on and people really like your work. RayPete.com. You can look at all of his articles and also he has a, a great newsletter. You can sign up. And I think it's every other month. And we always put the link on the show page. You can just kind of click an order if you like to get the get the newsletter from Dr. Ray Pete. And that's often fun. Doc, here's an interesting question. Athletes often have low pulses and suboptimal thyroid function. I was a recreational athlete but did a run, a full marathon in my youth. Pulse was always around 60, even though my body temperature at dawn was like 97.6. And rises to 98 during the day. I breathe about five to six times per minute. So I'm wondering if despite adequate temperature, the pulse could be related to consuming fewer breaths per minute than the average person. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, endurance exercise uh, can uh, slow your, your metabolism by reducing the thyroid. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, the the tissue itself can become more efficient. Uh, people who live at very high altitude uh, have adapted uh, their tissues uh, so that they resist shifting over to making lactic acid. And uh, probably some endurance athletes uh, have a similar adaptation that simply makes their tissues uh, more efficient, uh, resisting uh, p- forming the wasteful uh, lactic acid. Uh, coffee drinking uh, does some uh, similar things, simply increasing the efficiency of the tissue, uh, <laughs> making it able to produce more energy uh, without going over into lactic acid production. Wow, coffee, good old coffee. But um, haven't we often been told over the years that too much exercise or exercise produces lactic acid. That's why the muscles hurt and everything? Um, uh, yeah, at yeah. low altitude, uh, uh, if a person is starting out uh, with a thyroid problem, a deficient thyroid function, uh, they are already producing uh, too much lactic acid just at rest. Oh. And so the lower your thyroid uh, function is, the, the lower the threshold is uh, for going over into lactic acid production. Uh, and so when your uh, thyroid is high, uh, you're, in effect, living at a high altitude. Uh, pe- people going to a high altitude, the uh, T3 active thyroid hormone uh, rises cons- considerably. Uh, and that, that's part of the uh, ability to uh, do full amount of work without producing lactic acid. Uh, both high altitude and good thyroid function and certain types of 
uh, chronic adaptation uh, can can produce that. And, and to recap, when you see a TSH, what number, if you were kind of looking at it, that you would like to see? Point zero zero one. Whoa. Whoa. Really? It, it, it's okay if it's point one. Uh, but uh, you're not uh, talking about one, two, or three. You're talking about point zero zero zero. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, a large population was surveyed uh, to see how many thyroid cancers uh, th- there were and what the uh, uh, TSH in the population was. The, the, the populations that had zero point four and down. Uh, 0.4 was the highest in the group. They were essentially free of thyroid cancer. Uh, so, but, but I mean, these tests don't even go to, to the decimals. The lowest they go is one, right? Uh, oh, oh, no, there the are no. new, new tests that go out to three points. Oh, three really? decimal points. Mm-hmm. You, you could ask for a test and say, I want to see the decimals on this baby? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think they, as a rule, are doing that now. But even general than a TSH of 2, 3, or 4, you're suggesting that folks... Uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen anyone who was free of symptoms who had a, a 2.0 or... Uh, or higher. Or higher, yeah. Very few people at 1.5 are really fully functioning. And what are what are some of the symptoms of a say a two or a three TSH would be? Um, some kind of inflammatory mm-hmm. uh, problem somewhere in the system. Could be insomnia. Oh, oh sure, yeah. So, oh, yeah, sure. So you don't want to get one of those full fledged little piggy thyroid desiccated and start slow and work up and see if you can see if you can get rid of that whatever symptoms you have is in general is what you recommend. I, yeah, yeah, good general nutrition where you're not getting too much phosphate, but are getting uh, oh, at least eighty to one hundred grams of protein per day. Eighty to one hundred of protein, mm-hmm. but but meat gives you the phosphate. Uh, yeah, uh, milk gives you the phosphate, but in proportion to calcium and magnesium. I see. Uh, and so, if you drink three quarts of milk, uh, you're getting an adequate amount of protein just from the milk. Hmm. Dr. Pete, I've been uh, diagnosed with superventricular tachycardia, pulse of 200 beats. Wow, almost instantly. Ablation recommended. I'm in my early 80s, just finished cervical cancer treatment, five weeks radiation, five doses of chemo. Um, Exam by oncologist two months ago, received no visible signs of cancer. Um... Can you give me some advice on what I can do to balance things out? Wow. Uh, um, uh, checking the vitamin D would be the very first thing because if your vitamin D is low, uh, you're subject to the excitatory effects of phosphate. And uh, uh, checking the amount of, of calcium and magnesium in your diet mm. uh, along with the vitamin D, mm. uh, those are the uh, heart-stabilizing uh, nutrients, most important one, uh, and and uh, selenium uh, from seafoods in particular. Uh, one one good meal of of seafood per week will provide uh, the re- required selenium, uh, and that l- lets your tissues form uh, the thyroid hormone. Uh, uh, your, your T4 
in circulation might be adequate, but without uh, uh, selenium, uh, the individual tissues won't, won't be able to uh, produce the T3 that they need, for example, for the heart uh, metabolism. And uh, avoiding a salt-deficient diet goes right along with getting enough calcium. Uh, Forty years ago, uh, the dogma was uh, that high blood pressure went with high sodium intake. But uh, a researcher named McCarran uh, looked at the diets more carefully and showed that a calcium deficiency uh, was the, the problem, and that the uh, that the people with hypertension uh, were actually uh, deficient in both calcium and, and sodium. And so, deficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are the docs still doing that whole low self thing? Is that still going around? I guess I, I keep hearing it occasionally. Not as <laughs> not as bad. As not as bad as it used to be. Yeah. Here's a recent blood test from Trent. Indicates his estradiol is 15.1 pgm slash ml. What is the optimum estrogen blood level for a 70-year-old male? And do men need estrogen? Do you recommend nutrient prescription drugs to block estrogen? Uh, No, that's a a very fine, low estrogen. Uh, Typically, uh, aging men uh, get more and more uh, estrogen, Uh, but... uh, 15 picograms per milliliter is good. That's that's okay. Here's one for you. I've seen mixed studies about the damage caused by cooking food in a microwave oven, particularly the proteins becoming allergic. What does Dr. Peek think about microwave ovens? It uh, causes the same changes that that boiling your meat does. Uh, And uh, uh, it has the the virtue of... uh, not tending to uh, scorch things on the outside like a, a baking oven would. Uh, so I think uh, on, on average, the nutrients are, are safer by microwave, but it just doesn't taste as good. Yeah, but the, so the nutrients are actually more with microwave than they are boiling, but not with just, not with cooking properly, though. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus, I, there's a lot of EMFs that come out. I don't know if you've ever put one of those to the to the email or one of those RF meters on a ten feet from a microwave. It's uh, uh, yeah. The old microwaves uh, used to put out a, a huge field, but are they, uh, they uh, better now? Uh, yeah, uh, they're safe uh, about three or four feet away. Ah, here's an email. Numerous uh, recent guests on Patrick's show have stated that it is microscopic parasites potentially that cause unhealthy calcification of the tissues like toxoplasmosis contributing to calcification in the brain. Are there any remedies Dr. Ray can recommend for eliminating these little tiny parasites repairing the damage they can cause? Um, Just getting your immune system revved up, uh, keeping your body temperature up around 98.6 in the daytime Mm -hmm. uh, and your oxidative metabolism going well. Uh, the immune system can take care of those. So running around after, say, I do my show and I go outside and whatever, and then just do my my body temperature, It the, in that case, it should be around 98.6 or so. That would be the ideal? 
if you're active and walking around, mm-hmm. uh, your muscles provide the heat to keep you up there. Mm-hmm. And then what about first thing in the morning, though? Um, oh, it's okay to be cool during the night. Lower. I mean, that makes sense, right? Um, Dr. Ray P. talks about red light, but what does he think about colors on the walls and all of these kinds of things, blue and green, do they provide any more um, happiness for us, colors I, on the walls? I, oh, sure. Uh, uh, bright bright lights are, are the essential uh, for uh, avoiding uh, gloom, uh, but uh, colors make it more interesting, not just the brightness. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ray Pete is with us. We'll do a few more here before we let him go. Um, are there any good safe spices, writes an emailer? Safe spices. Oh, uh, yeah, they, they all have their toxic levels. Do but, they? Uh, uh, some of them are, are so tasty, uh, like chili. Mm-hmm. Uh, chili pepper has, the, the spice can burn you and cause serious damage and probably stomach cancer if you eat uh, uh, the, the hot uh, chilies too, many uh, too, too, too in, in, in excess, but uh, uh, cl- clove is a pretty safe uh, spice. Cinnamon, mm-hmm. uh, pepper, uh, black pepper. Black pepper. Uh, can you please ask Doctor Pete from Amy in San Diego uh, about ingesting chlorella powder, spirulina powder, charcoal, diatomaceous earth? If no fillers, is is it still a good way to? Um, uh, no, I, I think all of them have their potential risks. You don't you don't <laughs> like the chlorella, spirulina, none of those, huh? Uh, uh, no, because uh, occasionally uh, they they have been found to be contaminated with toxins. If they were clean, would you be okay with them? Uh, yeah, if mm-hmm. if. if, if Somehow you could have each batch tested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, here's an email from Europe. In the past half year, I have started putting sugar in coffee and also greatly increased intake of freshly processed uh, OJ. For me, it means it seems to have increased dental cavities. Wow. A recent visit to the dentist resulted in a great disappointment. How do we find strength and confidence in adopting a Dr. Pete's recommendation of not being afraid of sugar and fruit juices, especially one everyone else is convinced that sugar destroys the teeth. So, uh, well, it's it's good to rid, rinse your mouth after, after every intake because of the acidity on the yeah uh, yeah. And I, I think it would also have to do a lot with the other balances of the minerals, wouldn't it? Um, oh, oh yeah, the. the um, the, the quality of your saliva uh, varies according to your hormones, uh, and uh, some cavities start uh, inside the teeth uh, when you're under stress. Uh, they're called stress cavities mm-hmm. because uh, the tooth removes minerals uh, under stress. This is from Kristen, a desiccated thyroid for autoimmune thyroid thyroiditis is bovine. Okay, or does it want to be derived from pig? Uh, no, both of them are good. Both of them are good? Mm-hmm. Okay, so please ask Dr. Ray Pete if A2 milk is good, if it's a store-bought and has a natural protein. I like it warm at night and less tummy discomfort. They actually sell A2 milk. I, I saw it at the store, but 
I don't think it's, uh, I've never seen one where it's antibiotic free and stuff like that. Um, I tried that kind for two or three months. Did you? And it was okay, but um, they didn't have it in 1%, only 2%, so I, I like the low fat milk. But I thought that's good for milk, right? Uh, yeah, I think 1% is okay. Mm-hmm. Does Dr. Ray Pete have any suggestions for reversing lactic acid? Acidosis, juicing, baking soda, lower fat intake. Um, uh, yep, both of those. All those. Uh, g- good thyroid function, vitamin D. What does Dr. Ray Pete think about, think of Shilajit? Uh, what was the word? Shilajit. Oh, oh, uh, uh, that's a... Uh, uh, a mineral from mineral. Siberia, I think. Yeah, somewhere uh, like that. Uh, yeah, I I've, don't know anything directly about it, just what I've read. I think the Amazon man is here again. They just come any time, and my dog is barking a little bit, but it's time to go. Anyway. Well, Dr. Pete, what are you going to do over the holidays? Anything special? Nope, just keep working. Keep working, yeah. Do you travel much anymore? Do you ever? I mean, when's the last time you've been down to Mexico? Oh, years ago. Uh-huh. You don't uh, have any desire to go back and visit at all? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm ready to go any time. Yeah. Pre. There's some really beautiful parts of Mexico, isn't there? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. man. That they don't have banditos. You just got to be careful where you go these days. Uh, yeah. Well, Dr. Ray P., thanks so much for being here. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Oh. And we okay. will see Thank you good. in, we will see you in January. And, uh, We'll have all the information on, on your website on our show page for you. So okay, thanks a thank lot. You. Thank mm-hmm. you. Appreciate it. Bye.